0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Wars Fancast. This week you're joined by myself, Ryan Hooper, and we've got uh Gully. Hello. Hi guys. And we've got Matt. Hello, hello. And we've got Adam Price. Good evening. Hello, so since um we were last on, there's been obviously a couple of games. We'll touch on the Espanyol game as it will be the next uh European fixture, but I think we'll look at uh first up guys the Norwich game at the weekend. So a comprehensive win Um, what were your initial thoughts we'll go into the details in terms of some talking points but from the way I saw it, first 15 minutes Norwich looked like they were coming out as you'd expect them to pretty offensive because they need the points and then it was pretty much cruise control from that point on what do you think? yeah I mean
1: convincing win um, and you can see why they are bottom of the table and foot in the rest of the table to be fair apart from the first 15 minutes that you mentioned it did seem in cruise control and didn't really have to get out of second gear really a few of their players who I thought were going to step up kind of didn't or at least didn't because of our kind of strength in defence like that Cantwell who I thought would offer a little bit more but it's one of those really You, you take those games you know I'm not going to complain about having an easy win happy days really
2: yeah I agree I think first 10 15. I don't think we basically didn't see much of the ball really, um, and I think the crowd kind of thought, "What's going on here? You know, this is these these, these should be you know, quite a easy team to put away. But I mean, that, to be fair, I mean they had their little 15 minutes and nothing too much come of it really. And then from then on, we kind of just owned the rest of the game. We just took control of the game from there on in, and the result was kind of what most people would have expected in the end because they are going to go down, and that's pretty clear. Um, and it was a good game for us to get start getting some goals back in the goals for column and get some first half goals in the bag as well.
0: Billy, anything else? To add yeah, to I mean, I wasn't
3: goal. I wasn't actually at the game unfortunately. I was at a, I was at a wedding, but um, it felt like the wedding passed with a little bit more event than <laughs> the game. From what I've gathered uh, from people, I've watched obviously all the highlights back, um, and it surprised me that Norwich was so kind of toothless, having gone over to their place and been run ragged for 45 minutes um you know, from from what you saw on the highlights that time um but yeah like you say we, we we can be quite efficient with our work at the best of times it's not like we're a team who's going to create chance after chance but you know when you got players in form as Diogo Jota is at the moment um you know it, it's uh, it, it's it, it's definitely um
0: an ace in the pack and you know we took advantage of it on Sunday I think of that as well. I think um, Pricey was just making reference of it really in terms of the expectation. Um, and one of the, the talking points that you know came up after the game when we were talking about the game was the atmosphere. Um, what were your thoughts on that? I, I know in terms of context that would come off the way, on you know, off a, a good win in Europe, we're playing Norwich at home, but for someone like myself, that did really throw me in terms of it kind of felt like an atmosphere of expectation and it was... Bit of a slow burner. Perhaps the first goal might have something to do with that as well in terms of VAR, and we can look at that. But what were your thoughts on the atmosphere? Because it was pretty shocking, I thought.
1: Mm, this is a tough one, really, because it's whether you buy into, you know, with people staying up to watch Tyson Fury decimating on Toe Wilder? Is it Sunday morning so people aren't up for it? Or is it this expectation that you're referring to? And, you know, before the game. I don't think you'd have had many people that had a bet against Wolves for that. So there is the expectation there. And that first 15 minutes was a bit deflating in that, OK, are we actually not going to get anything out of this? Is it going to be one of those games like Huddersfield the season before where, you know, it's bottom of the table, and but for some reason we can't perform. So I think there's an element of that. And, and, and rightly or wrongly, we're just spoiled in watching our team do so well. And, and to when you're in these positions where they're not doing so well for it, even if it's only ten, fifteen minutes, it just goes against what you, you're just expecting. So it's one of those, really.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was quite, it was quite evident, wasn't it, right from from early on, where the fans didn't really seem engaged in the whole match. I mean, obviously, we've we've shown better. The fans have been a lot better than this in other games, and I'd hate, I'd hate to think of it as it's only little old Norwich bottom of the team so we don't really have to bother or you just stood in the, a manner of expectation waiting for the goals to come because that's what you see happen at you know, like Man City for example and in Liverpool You know, they, they just sit back and wait for the goals to come and I'd hate to think that we've started doing that with the, you know, the lesser teams in, in the league because we shouldn't really we should always be front and centre of trying to look, get behind the team all the time but I was a bit, I was a bit surprised and um, Hoops, me and you spoke about it after the game, didn't we? And I just thought, I, don't, I didn't understand it. I just didn't understand mm. why everyone was so so flat. And as soon as the chant was started, it just died off within 10 seconds. And then it was like, it seemed like an eternity before people started the next the next one. And I don't know, I haven't got the answer think, to it. I really haven't, but I just I, I think just, sometimes, just
3: I mean, a caveat again that I wasn't there, but if I think back to the Leicester game, um, that had come back off a couple of weeks without a game. Um, I, I felt really up for that game but then I arrived at the ground, and it didn't feel like it was that much of an atmosphere, even though it was a Friday night. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you, you need to trigger sometimes. That night, it was the VAR decision, which really kicked us into gear, and then second half, you saw the fans were really, really up for it. Um, this time around, it didn't seem to come. Um, I think if you look back at our season when we got promoted from the championship, there were a lot of these kind of occasions where we were just far too good for the opposition, you can kind of sit back and relax once you've won it up, and the rest of the game becomes a little bit of a you know armchair kind of scenario where mm. the fans just enjoying it. a Sunday afternoon in the sun, and the you know the, the team's going to win the game, and you're not really bothered almost. Yeah. And it's a very normal thing. Yeah, you, know, you know, again, Edwin, i want to appreciate you saying that you don't want to be that side,
0: but it's very human nature to just kind of fall into that. Yeah, I, I, th- I think where for for me, you know, I was coming from an angle in respect of, um, I think Adam mentioned something in the group recently about our atmosphere and that historically, us, us as a club, and we're probably no different to other fans, we are at our best when we are wronged against. Whereby, as you say, we get maybe a decision that doesn't go our way. You know, ascending off or a sort of a tackle to incise the crowd, or we're effectively the underdog as well, whereby we're perhaps not expected. I think that's where you see the best from us. But I'm also a little bit cautious to say hey, we're doing well. We're playing some really good football here. We've come back off a back off a good win. We're at home. There's been a little bit of a break. You know, it was it was it was it was surprising. But I think you know, we'll tie in perhaps now in terms of the goals as well, and Joshua, and Josh, perhaps part of that as well because. I don't know what your experience was at, at, at the game, but for me, with that first goal, um, I'll caveat that with I was in the Billy Wright stand. But there was a very mixed response. I was next to people who just didn't stand up for the goal, and also I think a lot of that was fed from player reaction as well. And what your thoughts were at the time in terms of that goal and whether or not you expected it to be given. And we won't lay with the point too much about VIR because it's been openly discussed, but. How was that first goal experience for you? Because it seemed a little bit of a strange experience to me.
2: The chap who sits in front of me, he he just point blank refuses to celebrate in the goal now. Okay. After it's actually <laughs> he'll just turn around and he'll turn turn around, face me, and his up. I'll fold, get, fold I'll get arms. rid of that VAR. Won't <laughs> <laughs> Whatever makes him happy, yeah. really. Even though it doesn't, but he'll just turn around, fold his arms, and face me, and just go, "No, I'm not celebrating until the purple screen says like that, or it doesn't come up or not." And, each their own, you know. I I I'd celebrate still, and then if I have to cancel my celebration, I will. But I, yeah. I can understand. I can understand. You know, if, he won't be the only person doing that, as you said. You mm. know, so some people right in there were just doing half-hearted celebrations or not even doing it because we've had our fingers burned quite a few times with you know having our goals. But it's not time. just the fans,
0: is it? It's the players that are, that was noticeable for me that they were standing around the 16-yard box, going, "Are we okay?" <laughs> yeah,
1: I I don't, you know, I mean, we should be talking about VR, so I won't label this point too much, but I, I'm not sure I buy into this whole not celebrating the goals under the VAR. You know, it's better to have loved than lost and never loved at all, isn't it? So, you're better to, you know, celebrate the goal, enjoy it. If it gets taken away, then... Will vent your spleen and that will create your atmosphere. So I'm, I'm not sure I really buy into that, but I suppose that's a conversation for a, probably a whole pod's worth. Really,
3: it's <laughs> it's a natural thing. The ball hits the net. You, yeah, it's a it should just be an instinctive thing that you you kind of jump up and celebrate. Maybe, I, you, but we saying, saying that <laughs> do, you can see why people are doing. it. Yeah, you mm. can definitely see it. You see Cody until the the moment the referee points at the the centre mm. spot. He's right in his face waiting for the reaction. Um, well,
1: on the extended highlights um, that w- w- was uh, put up there, you know, the 10-minute one or so, even commentary on there, commentary live, like the dodgy stream that you get or so-and-so if, you, if you're partial to that kind of thing, um, you know, everyone was surprised actually that the goal was given, so, the, you know, you can understand why there's muted celebrations on the pitch, to be fair. Um, but, you know, it's one of those where it's gone our way. Fantastic. And the actual quality of the goal is really what everybody should be talking about because Jotter's turn to actually make the goal and Doherty getting, you know, up the pitch in order to create um, as well. It's just one of those, really, where he's um, really just showing his best and it's just, let us hope it's not this batch thing that everyone keeps talking about where he scores in batches and goes off the boil.
0: I mean, for, the, for that point, now, let's let's celebrate the goals because they, they were given and it's another... Uh, you know, brace from from Jota. Unfortunately, needed to get a hat trick. Um, similar to last season, isn't it? Really, with Joshua, I guess the second half of the season. And at times, to me, it's just, it can be the most exciting player to watch because it's just his centre of gravity, the way he turns, as you say, for the goal. At times in that game, I thought he was just unplayable. And classic Jota, I guess.
2: I guess it depends on where he's played as well. There's no doubt that obviously. You know, we may go into this later, but when we play three up front, obviously it's worked for us so far this season. But he's at his best when he's of a two, you know, up front of a two. I think probably a lot of the, the goals he scored last season and the ones he scored this is when he's played with Raúl up front and he's got a partner. Whereas well, when he's eight wide, he's probably not. You don't see him at his best, um, in my view. But yeah, he, he just go through these, these streaky spells, and I think he's ever he doesn't. It hasn't struck us of anyone who scores uh, regularly over the course of a season, but obviously we will take we'll ta- take his goals when he comes, even even though in fits and bursts. He's got, I think,
3: he's a bit of an illusion of a player because he's got all the characteristics of a winger, so you naturally mm. quite a pigeonhole me, hole him as, oh, he runs with the ball, so you've got to play him out wide, kind of thing. and um, well, he's, he's not really someone who's going to get past someone and put a cross in and set up goals in that way either. He's much better when he's getting being direct, running towards goal. The Espanol, the the hat trick goal was a case in point. That I think that's when you see Jota at his best. But the, the, there's another thing I've always noticed about Jota, and it's his, it's about his finishing. He always seems to just kind of hit the ball as hard as he can. <laughs> he never really seems to pick his play, pick his spot. You saw it with the one that hit the post that ended up with Jimenez yeah. um, putting the ball into the back of the net. And sometimes it comes off. Norwich the first goal was very much straight at the goalkeeper but it's kind of you know, come off his leg and gone in and sometimes it just doesn't I think there's been cases at this point in the season where he's had good chances he's done the usual thing that he does which is try and strike it cleanly uh, you know, and, and on target but the keeper's made a save and he's obviously just hit a bit of a purple patch at the moment which uh, is good news for us ultimately
0: And I think with that as well we're getting the goals but what we're also seeing and we can kind of tie up these two talking points uh, together, I'll let you guys dissect these, but no coincidence, I guess, that you know, Bolly's come back into the team and we're seeing clean sheets. You could perhaps put into context that we've been playing to lower league size in Espanyol and Norwich, respectively, perhaps haven't quite got that uh, firepower up front. But I think Bolly and also Sace, I think both of those um, like to get your thoughts on those, particularly Sace as well, who um, seems to have sort of I don't know, cemented his place again in the team. So I think those are two key components of the, the clean sheets right now. I think he's always been one of my favourite players. Um, whether he's been in the side or not,
3: he's, he just seems to be so useful. Um, and he's got that little bit of an edge that some of the players just don't seem to have that you need. Um, especially in certain games where going things are going a bit tough. Um, I can imagine if Norwich had got on top of us a little bit, you know, Sase is the kind of player who, with a tackle, you know, with with some kind of you know nasty little you know bit of work, is going to get the bads fired up a little bit again. and You need that in your team, and let's not forget, he's just a very good footballer as well. You know, obviously he's a much more accomplished, passer of the ball. You know, all credit to Ryan Bennett for what he did, but from that position of a third centre back, uh, you know, you can't really compete with Sase uh, when it comes to playing out. So. Yeah,
1: he's definitely um, that physical presence, like an enforcer on the pitch, like uh, Arn Anderson, I suppose, of the back there. Uh, just trying to get that wrestling thing as, sure. as early as possible. Um, but the thing is, you know, happy accident or whatever you want to call it. Am I I'm right in thinking for Morocco he plays in that position yeah, anyway? Yeah, yeah. So it's not, you know, it's it's, it's not something he's un, he's not used to, but he's just he's just very very good at allowing us, and I suppose that's the benefit of having quote unquote midfielders or, descent, or, or central defensive midfielders that he can pass the ball he can get up the pitch he can do all these things that that uh, straight up centre back is perhaps not uh, you know is known for and he's just very very reliable and that edge that you talk about you know someone that isn't afraid of committing that tackle when needed you know that, that cynical or professional foul sometimes when needed just, and he's just very good at, at putting in that tackle when you need it, whereas Bolly makes it look effortless at times. Not an enforcer type, but more of, you know, he's just a pillar in defence. They're two very different players, but they're both just having, you know, well, the, it's evidence since Bolly comes back. What, how many clean sheets is that now since he's been back?
0: It's four in a row now. Yeah. So. And I think on, on on that, finally, on on uh, Sage Price, I guess the player who at times, and I've <coughs> probably been guilty of it, when I've looked at the... The team and thought, well, next transfer window, who are we going to get in? He's probably someone that I personally thought, well, maybe that might be someone that, um, you know, is going to be replaced. But he's kind of stood the test of time so far, other than the Lambert era, I guess. Um, is it his versatility or is it his style of play? Or I just
2: love him. I think he's great. Mm. I, think, I, think he's great. I mean, he's, I, the way he's going, he's going to be in the top three player of the year, in people's votes for that, in people's minds. Um, and he's even—you could say—he's lost a bit of that unnecessarily nasty streak because his yellow card counts dropped. <laughs> Normally, he was like the gambler's choice, wasn't he, yeah. for first to be booked or at least get a card in the game. I mean, some games—I remember—it was it Palace away. He had one in four minutes, which it, even for him was ridiculous. But he doesn't do that anymore. He's, I think he reads the game really well, so maybe he doesn't have to do that. He doesn't do those sort of things that he was previously synonymous for, but. He's great in a tackle, reads the game well. Great passing, and th- there is that flexibility. Obviously you can bring in midfield, but we have saw him excel a lot more in defence. coupled with body coming back. I
3: think that's partly Got because it. you know some people suffer because if they've been shifted around too much. He's actually settled in a position for a long spell now, yeah, and is reaping the benefits of just playing in one position and focusing on that.
2: And we, go, do you know what? We're, we should be glad to have him, really, because you mentioned Lambert earlier. Was, you know he could well have just gone after that, mm. being messed around by Lambert. You know he had a tough introduction to life in the championship. You know thanks to John Joe Shelby, mm. he could have just gone mm. at that point. You know, why should I stay? You know i I'm, I'm, you know some players have made me feel welcome. The managers not messing me about, not making me feel welcome. But obviously to a man, we'll all be glad that he stayed because we you know last couple of years. We've really been reaping the benefits of him, and well, well-earned more than earned his place you know, on merit at the moment, and long might continue. And I know we look at defence. I mean, there was, I think you put something from the Athletic thing you, yeah, but we were looking for a defender yeah. in January. But with say Sam coupled with Bolly coming back, just not needed. For yeah, him I for mean, yeah. until the summer. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's going to depend on where
3: we're summer. sitting, you know, in, in, at the yeah. end of the season, but. It'll be a shame to lose him at whatever point it does happen because it will. You know, he's he's not the youngest member of the squad either. um, And eventually, you just have to improve. That's just just the bottom line there. But he's popping up with you know things in the opposition box as well. Got an assist. Always seems to have a knack of getting his head on things and forcing saves out of keeps as well. So yeah. What a
2: guy! Just seems an all around nice guy as well. Yeah, all yeah wait, all you see, you see that? don't
1: you? he's always yeah. like pranking or doing yeah, something. I think in like the last Marbella video, there was loads of him. You know, some tomfoolery going on. Do you
2: appreciate yeah. him and really having a wrestling having a rest? I've matter.
1: a six star Tokyo <laughs> down classic nice, absolutely.
0: Okay, so uh, next up, uh, we'll be discussing. Um, well, we've got Espanol to discuss, and um, we've got Spurs. We've got the quiz, stay tuned for that, and uh, Twitter corner, so that'll be up next. Hey, it's David here. Now, I know you, you love a bloody good website, don't you? Look, come on, you do. You like a good website. If you're on your phone, you're on your computer thinking, I want to see a bloody good website, I'm going to go find one right now. If you want a bloody good website and you want one for yourself, for your business, why don't you go check out our sponsors, PixelYetiMedia.com. They don't just do websites, of course. They do loads of different things for your marketing needs, such as design work and brochures. And they do our website as well, wallsfancaster.com. It's a really good design. We're really pleased with the work over at the guys at PixelYetiMedia.com. So, again, you're looking at some websites, you're thinking, oh, I really want a website that looks that good just for me and my business. Why don't you go check them out right now at Media? Okay, so whilst um, you probably haven't, uh, well, tried to avoid social media for those of you who are like ourselves here at home in Wolverhampton. Very much the walls are in Barca, and we'll recording a podcast here at home. Um, just on that as well, thank you to uh, AFC Wolf Runians for hosting us today. Um, you can catch their games if you follow Wolframians on Twitter. Perhaps for Wolves haven't got a fixture or have been moved to Skype, feel free to pop down and support the local team. Also the home of Wolves women as well, who have had a great season. So thank you to our friends at uh, AFC Wolfrunians for hosting us today. So yeah, if we look at um, our Europa campaign, um, I don't think there's a lot we can perhaps dive into in terms of detail, I guess, really, from the first leg against Espanyol. But I think one of the key topics and probably what people are thinking about at this point of recording is, with a a comprehensive lead, what sort of side do you expect to see um, on on Thursday night? Is Nuno going to be very um, inflexible or will he make changes? What do you you expect in terms of line-up for the game?
2: you never know with Nuno, do you really? I mean, I, I did see his, his press conference earlier and he, he said, he, 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 do you know what, it's been a Sunday morning cliche, didn't he? He said, it's nil-nil. We started. Oh, really? <laughs> nil, nil, nil. Oh, nice. That old Sunday well, morning five, five up half an hour in, lads, it's still nil-nil. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was heads on next. Yeah, week, yeah. First header. But, um, I mean, I would expect a couple changes, to be honest. I mean, we've got a big game on, on Sunday to come, so it, I don't think he should be... Putting a completely full strength lineup out, I didn't know because I'm not completely okay with you know Espanyol's first team. I didn't realise that they'd made so many changes for the first leg. Is it nine, they've think, got yeah. yeah nine changes, and obviously they've got the league to that's much more of a concern. And so naturally they're going to make the same changes again for the second leg. Um, so I don't see I don't see why we should. You know, expend too much energy with our first team. So I would make a couple of changes. I would, if he goes back to playing three-four-three three again, I'd like to see Pudence get a start. Um, I think it's bit, probably might be a bit too early for Campagna. So I think probably him and Les will start any, anyway. But I'd like, i just like to see a few shake-ups. You know, probably you know, that we were talking about Say earlier maybe give Kilman a game. He's he's done well in the Europa League before. Um, and then mix up the midfield however he sees fit. So I'll expect a couple couple of changes so
0: Matt what do you reckon who would you like to see Vinagre, maybe Yeah, Neto.
1: absolutely Neto I think we I think we can use this opportunity to get some some minutes for a lot of people I'm not saying we put the Villa team out in the um, in the cup but you know Nuno I'm came out almost beat you well, <laughs> yeah true well exactly um, I think Nuno said this week that um, Burr uh, Rasmussen am I pronouncing that right mm-hmm. the Rasmus the Rasmus not, I was about to sing it then, I'm <laughs> glad I did. Um, he's one hundred percent or definitely a first team not player, but you know, squad member. So, you know, I think it would be a good opportunity for him to play. Um get podents, I think would be one that I think the fans would love to see play mm. because it's you know, it's the the high profile sign of that transfer window. Um so it'd be good to see him play as well. Um you'd imagine Ruddy would play, maybe, or is it one of those It'd be nice to see again. yeah I think so as well and I think you know it's pretty fondly thought of I would, I would like to think within the fans it would also be good to, for him to get a game in, you know away in Europe so I don't think it'll be wholesale but there's definitely a benefit to us being able to bleed a few of these players that haven't had a chance to yet for sure
3: I think having seen Aspanol last week if we'd have made 10 changes for this game I'd still have his favourites to win it <laughs> you know I, I really I really don't, don't rate what they had to offer and um, I've having you know d- regardless of what Jota's been doing um in the last couple of games I thought it was really harsh to drop Neto so you mm. know he needs he should be rewarded mm. for that for that with a start but then, you know if you're going to spend that much money on him there's no better way of him getting used to the system getting used to the other players and actually playing in the game and 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 you know being asked to do the tasks that he's been asked to do from training, um, I think we've obviously seen Jordao on the bench recently as well, mm-hmm. um, who a lot has been made of. Um, if he's anything like Neto um, in terms of quality, I think he's a genuine option as a reserve central midfielder. And Neves and Matinho can't keep up the workload. Well, they shouldn't be asked to if we're in a scenario like we're in now. Um, and that same goes for Gibbs White. I think Gibbs White needs minutes having come back from injury as well. Right. So if, if we saw Joe Dow and Gibbs White as a midfield player, we'd be quite pleased. Um, I think Johnny's not actually travelled, uh, I think I read today. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I read that going to be getting a game. And, and then Kilman as well. So, yeah. If Rudy doesn't play, I don't think he'd be likely to play for the rest of the season, no, If he doesn't get a Every game, game. So, which would be quite a shame in a way. Um,
1: It'll be a thing of you know. Do you do you play a couple of big hitters just to get the goal, the one goal that the tie doesn't need, in, 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 if we're just in reality. But the one goal that we need, then chuck them. You know, then chuck the kids back on. You know, I don't even think it's a case that we need to score a goal. I think we. You know, I, I don't want to look back at this and hang my head in shame or anything. But four nil.
2: You'd like to think so all over. Yeah, exactly. But really. to your
1: to your point, mate. I think. You know, you can put that team out that you mentioned, all of those changes, and it probably still be quite comfortable because Espanyol know they're out of tie, so they're going to want to focus on their league and, and, and relegation on their you know, on their campaign, so why not?
0: And, and just on that, let's assume we're through because I know it's been recorded and it can come back to bite us in the bum, but the reality is we're pretty much there, aren't we? I'm guessing the iconic names you're looking at next and the flights and so forth, Milan... Is that the is that is that the one you would want, or is it kind of like well, actually, let's save them for a bit later on in the round? Or I'm a bit
2: worried, actually, if we draw Milan, will the game actually go ahead? Well, <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. I mean, that's the, for me. That's that's the plum. The plum draw. I'd love to go to the San Siro if allowed to. But then uh, obviously the one was Ajax, and Ajax, they're I struggling be to read- even get past Hetafe, aren't they? That'd they, be a really which good draw. Is quite surprising. But for me, I mean, any any German team would be good. Because it's just a great experience yeah. going to, to German away games, uh, and I wouldn't mind. To be honest, I really wouldn't mind either of the old firm. To be honest, I think there'd be two really good, really good games. I think it'd be really good for the fans' point of view as well. Just not someone who was be,
3: drawing Arsenal or Man United. Not Man yeah. United. <laughs> Arsenal. That's, without each
2: other, a day. Although those two would be the worst. If I was yeah. to
3: ask for a team to progress past Arsenal, I would quite happily draw. Oh yeah, genuinely. I'll be quite pleased with that because I think we can beat them. Um, there's a lot of teams in there who I fancy ourselves against full stop because we should be aiming to be the fifth best team in the Premier League and by rights, probably one of the best teams in the competition as a result of that.
1: Well, it's, be, it's the natural kind of evolution now. If we want to be that, we want to be beating teams and overtaking teams like Arsenal who are, for most parts, are on the decline. So to beat them in this competition would be fantastic to be fair. Yeah. I'd love to, I'd love an Italian team purely because I'm learning Italian at the moment. <laughs> I could <can laughs> <if I> <laughs> practice it. Um but I think yeah the San Siro would be an amazing opportunity. It would be nice though if that was in like a semi a semi final and it, and that was kind of the game that got us to Gdansk. Um but we can't write this fairy tale, you know, quite yet. Though no, dreaming is free, isn't it? I suppose <laughs> uh, yeah nice
2: thing though quite yeah. there. But as I guess you, you don't want to draw, not draw anyone from like the arse end of Ukraine, do you really? Like Shakhtar, because well, it's going to be a big ass to get you know quite a lot of fans out there considering the name, which you'll probably cost. Um, there's also some random ones in there which I still don't know where they're from, like L A S K, Lask. Is that? I think it's uh, Super. Oh, yeah. I don't know what. I'm yeah. right, but, so there's there's a couple like little curve the out there. The weather will be alright. Again. The weather will be alright. Oh yeah, there. be lovely. Yeah. Easy. I can play. So there's a couple, yeah, a couple ones in there for us.
3: Um, Ludigaretts. Yeah. yeah, there's that's, beating, that's obviously so. a few ones yeah. that
2: you want to sidestep, but um, no, I mean, it's just what it's, wherever we get, wherever we get. Keep the, the bottom, going, just not mind-noted. The mind bottom dotted.
3: line is, uh, yeah. I think, having pe- seen us go 4-0 up in the first leg, nobody's <coughs> going to want to play us. Not one team in that competition is going to want to be
0: looking forward to coming to Molineux. U- ultimately, and I think this is the thing, you know, when I've been asked about it, If I fancy us against any side in the Premier League on a given day, then surely that has to translate to fancy us against any other side in Europe because we're playing the strongest league, you know, arguably, uh, you know, in Europe. So by that token, you know, we've got players like Patino who've won the, the competition. We've got that experience. So you've got to fancy us. Um, what we'll be doing next is we're going to um, look at the Spurs game. So we'll be looking back in league action. So we'll try and contain our excitement for the moment until we get into Skyscanner and look where we may be going. And that could be Glasgow or Manchester. Or, and we'll, but we'll wait and see. But... So, before um, um, we move on, we're going to touch on the uh, the Spurs game coming up uh, this weekend. And I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by Ricky from The Last Word on Spurs. Uh, good evening, Ricky. Good evening, Mike. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thanks. Yourself?
4: Yeah, not, not bad at all, thank you.
0: Brilliant. So, um, with the Spurs game coming up, really interesting to get a Spurs perspective on, on the game. Um, last time out, I know from the, the game at Molineux, Uh, I felt robbed, to be honest, with that that game, with with that last-minute goal uh, popping up. So, how have Spurs been since that game? I looked on your your Twitter feed, the last word on, on Spurs, and the general feel I got there and the narrative was, I think Mourinho has come out in the press and saying, you know, needs to be patient, needs to take time, and I know Twitter can be a bit of a beast, and I think you were balancing that. How were first fans feeling in terms of uh, since that game and since Martina, uh, Mourinho's come in?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's fair to say that was probably one of our most positive results of the season. I wouldn't say the performance, but the, the manner of how we grounded out grinded out the victory. Uh, a tough place to go. You know, not many teams, as you know, win at Molyneux, so that was a really good win for us. But I think since then, there has been. Differently, a split amongst the fan base in terms of Spurs' style of play. You know, Spurs for any you know fan growing up, you know anyone that knows Spurs, whoever you are, um, Spurs are been really known for playing a brand of attacking, vibrant football with flair. And I think it's fair to say that Jose Mourinho. It's difficult for him this season. He hasn't obviously had the players available to him that he would like. He's lost Harry Kane and Mohamed at the same time, which is always going to be difficult. And I think at the moment, people feel that the way Spurs are approaching games, if I'm being honest, is quite negative. And with that being the case, you know, we're looking to see where we're going to get our next result if we are going to set up like that. Now, this game is at home for us, so it will be interesting to see how he does set the team up. We're playing against the Wolves side, that are very dangerous. Uh, The only real positive I can take from the fact of Wolves is that they are obviously going to be playing in the Europa League beforehand. Uh, But even still, you know, it's going to be very, very tricky for Tottenham, I think this game. Wolves are going to be coming on, I think, full of confidence. They're always a decent team, especially against the big sides. And I think they'll genuinely be coming to the ground looking for a win. I think Wolves will be approaching the game looking for a win. And I think at the moment, as I said, Jose's style of play is definitely splitting the fan base.
0: I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think, you know, we spoke um, a lot on on the fancast this year in terms of, from a Wolves perspective, what the reaction is like after the europa games but then you know it's crazy really because we I think we went away to psictas and then we went to the etihad and won for example and we're obviously in quite a good position at the moment with that that second leg but um it's going to really be interesting from our, our perspective with the spurs, with the spurs side in terms of I guess really for for teams as well you know we've seen from our perspective where Nuno has hit the, the ground running when he came in but then he had the benefit of the pre-season and I kind of think from the outside when there's somebody coming in and as you've referenced perhaps a different way of mentality winning a lot of hearts and minds over um, I guess it's quite difficult I mean from a, a Spurs perspective what, what players would you say uh, you would fear from, from, uh, from a Wolves point of view?
4: You've got quite a few. I mean, Jimenez, for me, is a, a really, really good player. But then I say that, and I've always also been superb. I look at that Wolves team, and wherever you look, you know, there's there's real quality in that squad. Um, I wouldn't want to sit here and just highlight one player. I think the great thing about Wolves, and especially spirit you know, Spirito, is that he very much has galvanised a very much team mentality there. And when I see Wolves play, it's not just about individual players, it's a team And that's one thing that at Tottenham at the moment I'm fearful of saying that at the moment we don't seem to have that. We are relying on some individual moment of brilliance to win us games because we aren't playing as such as a team. And it's difficult to criticise Jose Mourinho too much because, as I said, he's coming into a squad that's quite fractured. (laughs) We've obviously had a change of manager mid-season, never easy. And then to lose your two most attacking players, very, very difficult. But I think Spurs fans will want to see a more positive approach to the game. We have got players that can still frighten teams like of Lucas Moura, Deli Alley. You know, there's still players that can really frighten the opponents even berger wines come in and looked okay. So Spurs have really got to approach this game the right way and look to attack Wolves on the front foot. And I know you mentioned the point there that, you know, Wolves have done okay after Europa League games this season. and I still feel on the experience of Spurs beating the Europa League years ago, I think it's so important as the away team or as the, as the home team that are playing that team in the Europa League to start fast and Spurs have to do that, we haven't done that enough this season, we haven't started games quick enough to get at the opponents and um, I said it at the weekend which is really worrying that if the opponent scores the first goal then he is worried and that's a big big worry to hear that so Spurs need to score first at the weekend and try and keep a clean sheet which hasn't been a thing we've been able to do this season that much.
0: I think that's an interesting one because we're. we're I think one of the, uh, not criticisms, one of the stats actually is we're not scoring goals first. I think we have of late the last couple of games and I think that can often come down to the way in which we play where we're very much a, a counter-attack side and we're happy for, you know, we'll be happy for Spurs to take possession. I know the game last year um, when, when we faced Spurs was, was a classic Wolves performance where we contained first half and then we did well second half. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how, how it unfolds the weekend. What what would constitute, then, just finally as a successful season for Spurs this season?
4: That's a really good, really good question, Ryan. I think for supporters, they would want to see a trophy. Uh, but I think if we're talking about generally what Spurs need to do, I think they need to try and finish in that top four, need to have Champions League football next season. I think when you look at that stadium you're going to go to at the weekend, that stadium needs to have Champions League football and for the club really to try and move on in the summer and really try and build under Jose Mourinho, I think he does need the club to be in the Champions League to try and attract the kind of calibre of players that Spurs need to be, as we are in the middle of this rebuild. So I think it's definitely gonna be an interesting game, two sides that for different reasons, you know, can can really hurt the opponent. And I'm hoping although you are not like this, I'm hoping Spurs will come out on top, but I think it'll be a very, very close game. I can see it being very close.
0: Okay, so that was Ricky from The Last Word on Spurs. I think something we've we've, we've got to note, which we didn't touch on there with Ricky, but we can do so here, is we're recording this uh, on the anniversary of the passing of a Wolves and Spurs ex-player Dean Richards. Um, So, yeah, I mean, you guys that have seen him play, what a player he was very briefly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I remember the um, the Memorial game. I was... um, and that was a really really strange atmosphere at that game you know it was deathly silent for the um, for the like the set for the you know the minute silence there and I, I think that game ended up being like quite a, a a tetchy one where I think I'm not sure if there, there was like a red card decision that, that made the game a little ugly but like at first it was you know it was really quite
0: poignant and
3: it wasn't the best tribute because both teams conceded three goals and I don't think I <laughs> would have been very pleased with that well there is that to be
0: fair <laughs> And just just very briefly, for for our perspective, touching on the game, we, we did have a bit of a smile when, and I always do, when we talk to other teams' fans and they mention big clubs because I always say, well, aren't we a big club No, But I get it in terms of their their experience. But I think we've, yeah, OK, game, you know, in Europe aside, with the type of team we potentially expect to see against Espanyol, got to be looking to, to win the game for me.
2: Uh, I agree. I'm... Um... Going there with an expectation to win, given not the state that Spurs are in and given what we can do to the big teams. I just think that because they're at the back, they're pretty suspect to me. They've got no, as we all know, and, and as Ricky's mentioned, they've got nobody to play up front really. So we'll never have a better opportunity of beating them in their new stadium at first go. So I, I don't see why we can't win. I expect us to.
3: I still see uh, the game at Modern U. Um, Basically between the two penalty areas, probably the most you know, complete Wolves performance I think I've ever seen. We were just head and shoulders from, apart from the goals that were involved in the game and the chances that we missed, the better side. We were just all over them and they couldn't get near our midfield. And apart from, I think, the first maybe half an hour where they had a couple of chances... The rest of the game, we'll be in total control of. We just didn't capitalise on that with actually scoring goals. Um, and as a result of that game, having seen it, um, the absolute you know harassment of Troy or Ray throughout that <laughs> game as well. It's, I mean, for a like, start, he has to play for me um, off yeah, the back of that. And I expect, again, like you say, I expect us to go and get a win there because I feel like we are in a much better state than mm-hmm. them in this moment in time.
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And that was definitely the quickest game for me to get over a defeat. Because then you you can only look at the performance, actually, of that game and how good we played. And the result just wasn't an actual fair reflection of of how well we played in that game. um, Obviously, they're without, you know, Harry Kane. So there's definitely going to be less shithousery going on, you know. So.
3: I I mean, it's an interesting one, because I think that. That was a step change from when Mourinho came in. That that team started behaving in that mm-hmm. manner. I don't think you'd have expected a Pochettino no, team so. to have gone about that the way. I don't know. Maybe it's it's Mourinho tinted spectacles in a way because everyone thinks he's the you know the villain of the piece anyway. But you never got the impression that Pochettino sent his players out to behave no. in that manner. Um, and Harry Kane has kind of been you know the darling of. Okay. England, you know the national team. English football fans for a while now, and to see him behave in such a way in front of the referees and trying to get on the back of the refs and constantly in his ear throughout the 90 minutes, it felt very like he like had been Mourinho fied in some way. I think. I
2: bet that I, th- I fully expect Choro to expect similar treatment as well. Should he start on Sunday? Yeah. I, th- I think he'll expect the same again as well. That just seems to be a typical Mourinho way of stopping a player of skill. Yeah.
3: And and he'll he'll enjoy the the kind of bittiness to it if if it starts getting broken up and and mm. they start you know making it a set piece kind of game I think and they'll they'll try and take advantage
0: of that.
1: The difference is when it comes to set pieces, we'll have Bolly in the side. Yeah. Now, so that will be kind of a thorn in the, in that plan. But you're absolutely right, and you'll just be hoping that the referee is strong enough in his conviction to be able to actually see what's going on and, and, and manage the game because it's so easy for a referee to not be able to manage that kind of game because, you know, once you get into the fifth, sixth, seventh tackle, well, in reality, someone should be sent off. But, you know, I don't think any referee, you know, there's no, there's no card bonus for a referee. I don't think they get any pleasure about sending a player off. Well, most of the time. So I think, it, you know, it's really important that the referee manages the game. It's
3: really, aren't they? Like, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Go to bed with their red cards under their
2: pillow. Off pop. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, I, I think that the other thing that um, is worth, I'm a little bit nervous about because I to say I think Troy has to play is that the last game and a half we've had a lot of success with three-five-two, oh and I don't think that necessarily features Troy unless mm, he's yep. going to be playing at wing back. Um, I think it works for certain games. The Norwich game, a case in point, I think it blocked up the midfield and kind of left Jotter here and Humanist to probably have, have their way with... You can almost leave them there, trust the rest of the guys to defend and have them to, just on the break, ready to pounce at any point. But Tottenham, to me, when we played them, that seemed like a very passive side. They'll allow you to pass the ball around mm. and we need more options ahead of the ball. I think as a result, you need that front three. To have a bit of variety in your game. Otherwise you're just playing it into Jimenez and Jotting. And they might get crowded out. But
2: you know, I hope it's good have know the know. options though Yeah, it? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean to it works between what, what you think might yeah. work and
3: I mean it was never gonna work with Catroni and Jimenez because I think they're far too similar to each other. But now having Jotter and Jimenez back together, it, it, it feels like a much more viable option, definitely.
0: Mm. Okay. So no, um I mean Dan is in Barcelona at this very moment in time, but before he left, he kindly provided us with um a quiz. In the previous fixture against Spurs, a Dama trial race scored his first goal at Molyneux. But the area that he was born in Barcelona, was it closer to the new camp, Espanyol's new ground or Espanyol's old ground? So where he was born in Barcelona, was it closer to the new camp? Was it closer to Espanyol's new ground or Espanyol's old ground? What venue was he mm. born closest to? Hmm. Oh, question? Question. Hmm.
2: Uh, i have locked mine in
1: though. I'm, I'm
3: locked in. I've read an article recently which, t- which said where he was born, but no reference to where. <laughs> <laughs> to anything. It could be, It could have been round the corner up. from here. To be honest.
0: Okay. Are we are we all pretty much in there? I'm locked in. I'm locked in. Go for it then. I'll, do you want to show? I uh, to go new camp. New camp. Can I get
2: for it was last old ground. Old ground. old ground. The new camp. There you go. Just just for just obvious. just for reference, mm, two because no cl- he played for Barca. Mm. Two
0: two kilometers for the new camp. Four point seven for Espanol. I'm assuming that new ground and the old ground six point two. Okay, just, just in case you wanted through. to know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Gully's off the mark with one. Okay. So ten years ago this week, Wolves lost one nil away to Bolton Wanderers. But out of these three players, who got booked that day? Carl Henry, Sam Ricketts or Mark Davis? So one of those players in this fixture against Bolton ten years ago got booked. Which one out of the three?
2: Yeah, I'm locked in. I'm locked in. Just because, again, I probably <laughs> no, I probably have gone to the obvious answer this time. Yeah, have yeah. If <laughs> I've gone for we've Carl all, Henry.
3: yeah, if we've all gone well, for
0: Carl. I went Ricketts. I'm seeing two Carl Henrys and Matt's got and Ricketts. Ricketts. <laughs> 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 okay, so it was Carl Henry. There we go.
3: Sometimes <laughs> he's trying to bluff you with his. Uh, yeah, I don't
2: think Rick- Ricketts was been playing for us then. He's playing for Bolton then. Do you know what? Oh, and was yeah. Mark Davies oh. player, and, and Mark Davies yeah. I, oh, yeah. I put too much trust there But, it, yeah. bit too
0: much trust. but, it, but in fairness The question reads, Who got booked that day Didn't say Wolves player So true. So, 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 yeah There we go So um, Okay just Before I give you the answer
3: Mind fucking is all the way From Barcelona <laughs> <laughs> well, We
0: mentioned this guy earlier Dean Richards um, Very simple question He signed for Wolves From what club I think you'll all get this. Oh, um, are we all in? I'm no, in. I'm not in. Well, I think I, I thought think, I knew it, but then now you said that, then I'm not sure uh, anymore. Okay, yeah. Sorry, maybe that. Yeah, okay.
2: Um, maybe I got this horrendously mixed up with who we said he went on the free to, but and then mine. Oh it. yeah, no. Well,
0: I'm locked in there. No, it doesn't matter. I mean, so Gully's in with Bradford City. Brad uh, oh, Bradford, no end to that, that's that, because be Bradford Hampton. Academicals. <laughs> yeah. um, Southampton. Southampton. I think he was sold to Southampton from yeah, but he was free. signed he from it? Bradford. Oh, yeah. So, Price and Gully, two apiece. Oh, Matt's dearie, still to dearie, register. Dearie. Okay. I'm on three, aren't I? Are you on three? Okay. Yeah, I got so, you've got Barca, you've got. Yeah, Newcamp. Sorry.
2: Ornery, Carl Henry.
0: So, 3 2 0. Is that right, do you reckon? That's right. Okay. Um so, um next one, can you name the former Spurs and Walls midfielder who played for Sevilla in the early two thousands? So which former Spurs and Wolves midfielder played for, for Sevilla mm. in the early two thousands? I think we had yeah. a few yeah. Spanish like players around that time. Yeah.
2: Um, he looks like he knows it. I don't can I offer you a clue. <laughs> <laughs> Please do he also
3: played for Warsaw?
0: That. The, the clue is he doesn't say in Spanish. He's probably the clue. And but, that,
2: yeah, uh, <laughs> not Spanish. <laughs> uh, okay, Spurs. Wolves. No, I don't think he's Spanish. Actually, yeah. Spurs no. and Wolves midfielder, who apparently also played for Watford. So, Sevilla, Sevilla in the early two thousands. Played for Severe in the early two thousands.
3: I think he played for Wolves. Right. It's not really before my time, if he did,
0: but. I'm gonna try and give you a clue. you right, and, and I think he was on loan, not a permanent. Yeah, okay. So I feel yeah, I feel um, more confident in my answer now. Okay, so I'm
2: not, I'm not locked in. I don't know. Um, Do you want to
0: just throw one out there? For, uh, play for both I'd, clubs not, and Sevilla.
2: I'll pass. I can't, just, my brain's okay. Going
3: Vinnie Samways. Correct. Well, wasn't
0: my answer, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) He
3: um, finished his career at Warsaw, I remember.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I think he was on loan like Vandalani or a sort of... Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. It was 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 a fleeting wolves (laughs) career. It wasn't a long one. Yeah. Right, okay. It's a great question. Can you name the Hollywood-level British actor, so someone of, of a a shall we say, who shares the same surname of a defender of ours from the 90s who supports Tottenham. That's the link. So, Hollywood actor shares the same surname of a defender of ours from the 90s who supports Tottenham. he so played for us but supports Tottenham. Yes. Our player. Yes, yeah. yes. Former Wolves player. In
2: the 90s, so again... Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a, d- was, a
0: defender as well. So, just just to try and. I like was one yeah. to nine so we, during what, that. Shit, like. What we've got here is a defender, Wars Defender from the 90s. And his surname is shared with a, a famous actor, a uh, British actor. A British actor as well. Oh, God. Um, Have you ever had a Cumberbatch? I don't think No. No. No um,
3: <laughs> Hardys.
2: Are there um, any actors called Sedgley?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Atkins.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have a complete guess.
1: British actor. Okay. Yeah. Uh i
3: so just put it yeah. Um. What's that
2: oh. I've gone in with. I've gone in with a yeah. guess. I don't think he's even play with
3: this. See, this is quite, <laughs> it's quite a common name. So I thought, you yeah.
0: know. Okay, who are we going for then? You I'm going to go with go?
2: Williams. A.D. Williams. Okay. Played okay. for us at one point.
0: Yeah, Defender.
2: I've just gone with some guy called Steve Grant. Because I think Steve okay. Grant <laughs> might be
1: the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone for Craig. As in Daniel Craig.
0: And that guy I've that, for that, Stone that Stone played Lincoln, for Wolves like. called Craig. <laughs> yep, that's the guy. <laughs> that guy. We, had a, we had a Craig Davis, didn't we? <laughs> um, okay, the answer. Well, the actor was Jude Law.
3: Oh, Brian Law? No. Yeah. The guy who drove the bus? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hollywood-level
0: actor. Mm. So, okay. Oh, is. Is so, no, no score then. So, we're still looking at three, two, and zero. Um, okay. Can you name the Spurs-supporting so- musician, uh, famous solo, and in a band, who shares the same surname of a defender of ours from the 2000s? So, yeah, let's try and dissect that question. So, <laughs> it's, it's a musician who's a Spurs fan. Famous for being uh, a solo artist and in a band. And he shares the same surname of a Defender of ours from the 2000s. That's
2: a big net to cast, that. Yeah. <laughs> <20, 000. laughs> Bischoff. Who could that
0: be? Bloody <laughs> oh hell. Uh,
1: so the only way I'm getting this is thinking of the t- solo artist and and band.
0: Yeah, so what I, th- I think it's fair to say he's popular or as, as known as as solo and subjective isn't it really, but solo artist and and in a band. Um yeah, I d I don't want to give you too much more uh, but I know <laughs> this
2: it's ridiculous, you like. Um
0: so I guess think of think of a, a I don't know, a musician just take a while, I guess. Musician, solo artist and uh, part of a band. And uh, his surname also the same of a defender of ours from the two thousands. Or in the reverse, first. think of a defender from the two thousands. This is the only way yeah. I can do it. Think of a name of a defender
3: and just throw it out there. That's it. I have an answer.
0: You're like, you'll like the you like the answer. Okay. Um okay, are you guys locked in.
2: I'm locked in. <sighs>
1: I'm locked in, but I'm, I don't even think there's a player. I've just gone I just the first artist that came to my head. Go. Like Paul Weller? I don't know why.
0: Okay. There's a Weller play for Rotherham, I think. That's the only Weller I know in football.
2: <laughs> I just put Breen. <laughs>
4: okay.
3: I just put Clyde.
0: Clyde. Okay. So uh, I think Bryce is a big fan of this guy. Probably defender and musician. Phil Collins. Oh. Uh, and Neil Collins. Oh, no. So. Um, I'm quite disappointed with that one. <laughs> that is the end of the quiz because we yeah. did not need a tiebreaker because Gully, I think, has picked that with three to. And that's uh, zero. That's zero for, for uh, other than rickets for uh, yeah. for, for, for Matt. Um, I'm just going to have a quick look on Twitter corner as well. Just see what questions ne- we had.
3: The next time I do a quiz, I'm going to search notable fans of the opposition that yeah. we're going to be playing that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's I any crossover, I'm going search players of the nineties.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, we'll finish up as we always do. with, with Twitter corner, um, and I'll just try and out suitable question shall we say? Um, okay, this one from John Peak. If you could swap places with a player in the current squad, who and why? He said he would swap with Sace solely for the shithousery <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's So, a good, it's a good. Who would you swap places good... with, and why?
2: Hmm. Just what
3: would it be like to be as fast as a Dalmatian? A... Awesome I'd be running around all the time. I'd just run everywhere. Yeah, you'd just be sprinting everywhere yeah. You? I'd just play chicken for the fun of it, because <laughs> you know you're not gonna get run over. I'd uh, play uh, cars. <laughs> <laughs> you'd run over the car, wouldn't you? <laughs> well
1: no knowing my wife won't listen to this podcast. Um probably what like I do maybe one of Jimenez, perhaps. Um, as his wife, is well, ca- lovely. Unfortunately, Cavalero doesn't play for us <laughs> anymore, nah, like, But to be fair, um, <laughs> yeah. Rui, who's devilishly handsome and ridiculously tall, you know, it would be nice to step in his shoes for a um, day as well.
3: Married to some kind of, like, sex
2: therapist as well. Well, yeah. yeah, exactly,
1: yeah. mate. So, you know, there's certainly worse choices out there, though, isn't it, yeah, to be fair?
2: has a skillful way of using um, horse cough sweets as well, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, she, yeah. Get on, that, go, that, get that on your Google that machine. On Google, Google that was on Google. That mm-hmm. was on Google for me. I'd just like to be in my just want to know what it's like to actually be a good <laughs> football because <laughs> I don't know that myself <laughs> <There laughs> I'd, like I'd like to know what it's like to see a two steps ahead
0: I think yeah British yeah he's just got it all hasn't he he has, he has. Um, can't and look, volley fishing. shit no. <laughs> and look, but, but what a good save that the other day we don't even, even mention that <laughs> yeah. when he anyway um, another Sace related question is popular at the moment how long will it take Sace to get books when we play against the Albion next year
2: do you know what? I'll probably play. <laughs> Get in the tunnel. Get right? <laughs> in the tunnel. It's
3: not something. Just crack someone slowly, and then the ref. Can't, ref hasn't seen it, but he has to book him just for the, just for the reaction. Do we have
1: VAR in the tunnel yet? Is that? Is there a camera in the tunnel? I hope not.
2: I think he, he, he'll know, and he? he'll know just to be at his shit best, and then he? would like to say he just, as the teams are coming out, he probably just give someone a slight dig or. Like I say, yeah, he'll, he'll be the one that when it's half-time, they're all walking off, he'll just start something, yeah. he'll, instigate, he'll instigate something.
3: Hal robson Carney won't know what I hit him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and and just finally, I'm going to paraphrase the question, if that's okay, from Dean Marsden, because he says, it War's best ever captain? And I think you've really got to answer that with someone you've seen, because I think Billy Wright would probably take it. So if, uh, if I just change that question slightly, the best Wolves captain uh, that you've seen?
1: Well, for me... Um, Again, it's completely subjective, isn't it, to, to your experience? But I mean, it's, it's my second my second case of the Ricketts tonight. <laughs> in that he was so important, and in um, in Jody Phillips' book is a great chapter by Ricketts when he talks about when he came in, and was immediately made captain, and how that kind of put waves through the dressing room. We didn't know what it was going to be like, how the team would take him, and that was a really, really integral part to you know it's the beginning, the very beginning of this story of where we are now. Starts with. The, the you know the bomb squad and everything else happened and he's come in. So for me, I don't think we'd be in this position without that strong leadership. So, you know, Ricketts for me is up there as, as as a really great captain for the club. Not the greatest by all means, but for me you know, he's up there.
3: I was gonna say, um probably Cody at the moment. Mm. Just because I think he's got such a eclectic mix of players to have to deal with as a leader. Um not the kind he'd have been used to I'm sure growing up in Liverpool either. <coughs> But he's, he just seems to—he's he's the most natural captain I think I've ever seen, and the way he fits into the squad and seems to be an imperative part of it shows—you know—he's got the faith of Nuno, and he's—he's—he's he's, he's really key to our success. You know, regardless of whether his performances are as good as we we might hope from him, I think he's really really important to the squad.
0: Price anyone else that stands out as a captain? Uh, Roger Johnson. Yeah. Yep. Yes, yep. That, was, that was my second
2: choice. <laughs> uh, no, I would have said Cody as well. And in this, I guess you can put a bit of like recency bias to it because you know he has he's been our captain there for quite a long time. But for me, I like the way that how hey, he's just bought like hook line and sinker into the club. You know, he's he, when he came a few. You know, quite many people in this room probably would have been happy to see the back of him. You know, when he was. Feel write it shunted to right back but I don't think if he, it was even that, it would have just been like, oh, meh. Well, meh. Yeah, no, he's gone, yeah. No, yeah just, he, he was kept, in and out, wasn't but, he? But yeah. I think well, I mean, Nuno yeah. just saw something. And and thank God he has. Because you can just see how he the, he just lives and breathes the club every single day. And yeah, he's he's the shouty one on the pitch. But he's all, you can just tell when he does his media interviews he's first to put himself in line to speak up about the club, speak up about as you say the players that he has in the dressing room. Um, you can tell they're a tight knit group, and they. You can see that some of the players also take the piss out of him as well. They're not, they're, even not the foreign lads say, "I don't even know what he's saying." No and No one can understand him. and I think even we do sometimes, you know. But I, I just I love him. I think he's a, he's a great he's a great guy to have as a leader of our club, and I just think you know long may he continue for as long as he's, uh, for as long as he's here.
0: I don't think I can I can trump that. But the one I was thinking of just as more of a, a cult. He wrote as a captain with John DeWolf because he had that sort of presence about him and and bar a very um, unfortunate injury at the time, he was such a dominant centre-half, such a charismatic captain and I think all good teams need successful leaders and I think absolutely I I agree with you on Cody and also with Ricketts, when he had to come into the team, it was a change of mentality, it was a change of you know, it was basically putting the the gaffer's team out and being that manager on the pitch as well. So, so no, all good shouts. So, I think that's about it for um, today's episode. So, thank you to Gully. Cheers, guys. Matt.
1: Hello, I'm learning Italian.
0: Hey, your is, I'm just waiting for prices. Uh, You're learning Portuguese, price, yeah. yeah. And I'll end it with Torre bit. <laughs> Bye. That's another language. <laughs>